Good morning, everyone, and thank you for tuning in today. If you need help keeping track, today is Wednesday, January the 13th. And with that, the second Wednesday after the second Monday of the month means it is another episode of Coffee with the Mayor. And with us today is the original Coffee Mayor, and that is Mayor Mike Bettis. How are you, sir? Fantastic. How are you today? I am great. Thank you so much. And You know, before we go on, I just have to say this, that uh, for those people who know me, know that I don't drink coffee. <laughs> and so coffee with the mayor um, is um, is actually really funny for me. And But I, I do very much appreciate having this opportunity to talk with everybody and, and share with everyone what's going on around the city. And, and so uh, call it coffee with the mayor, call it uh, water with the mayor. I, just <laughs> as long as I have the opportunity to do so, I appreciate it very much. Yeah, I always wondered why I, I really, you know, I, I tell you, I try hard and drink mostly cream with my coffee because I can't, I don't really like coffee much either. Uh, always, But it was always how I told people how to spell my name. It's because I don't spell the German manner with the K-A-U. So P- yes. I would I would have to say, no, it's like coffee like the drink. And then they'd get it. Um, so I always found that interesting as well, that I was spelling a name that I don't even like the drink of. But I'm learning. It's called adulting to like coffee is what I'm told. There you go. <laughs> Well, I have to tell you, last week, I thanked Mayor Josh Marsh for having really short meetings. I have to give you that thanks of gratitude as well. You had two very short meetings at the Monday Border Works and City Council meetings. Yeah, if we could just get the mayor to do his his update quicker, we'd have got done on half the time. But it was <laughs> a relatively quick meeting and uh, there was not a lot of on the on either agenda. Uh, but, it you know, it's. Everything, you know, we have to do certain things every month. We have to pay the bills. And and then with that, uh, with the start of the year, we have certain things that we also have to do. We have to announce um, announce uh, the different appointments. Uh, but this year, we got to do something kind of fun. Um, probably the media thing we did Monday night was to swear in a new police officer. So we uh, swore in Haley Brown, who is a uh, fresh out of college uh, new police officer who was who started last week, and so we got to do her swearing in, and so that was a lot of fun. Her family was in attendance, uh, so we actually had a crowd on Monday night, which uh, is fun to have. And so it, uh, uh, Haley did a great job, and so we're excited to to have a new a new member of our police force, and uh, looking forward to having her around here for a lot of years to come. Yeah, absolutely. It's always as a media person at a meeting, you see a bunch of people in a meeting room and you think, oh, my gosh, what did I miss or what did they add to the agenda? (laughs) Yes. What happened this time? (laughs) What do I need to cover? And then you go, oh, yes. You remember that on the agenda there was a swearing in of a new officer of some sort, either police or fire in the past. And so then you go, all right, so this is still very important to the community and a great thing instead of needing to be on the edge of your seat. So. Yes. <laughs> now, is Haley the first? Will Haley be the only female on the department currently or are there others? No, we, we, we are, uh, have another female officer who has been with us um, for 12, 13 years. I'm, 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 I hope I don't get that. I hope I got that right. And um, uh, who we promoted up to being an investigator. And so we had an opening then for uh, a new patrolman, patrol person. 
And so uh, Haley went through the process last, uh, oh, last end of last year. The police chief did a really great job of explaining it on Monday night about the process of what happens and that she was the top candidate. And so he, she's the one that we've hired and we're looking forward to having her join our group. And so, we, yes, we will now have two police officers who are uh, female. We also have two full-time firemen EMS folks who are female. Uh, so we have um, made, made a little progress in that respect. Yeah, a little move with diversity in the area, which is always good and, and probably helps with assistance for roles and, and matters that females are required. Yes, and so there are times when it is very helpful to have uh, female officers that uh, can do the job and then also help out in, in very delicate situations. And so we're very fortunate to have, be able to add Haley to our, to our group and uh, it will work out great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, while we're talking about Monday night's meeting, of course, you always give some information in regards to COVID. And um, how overall do you feel like the community is moving with that subject? It's been an interesting ride. Obviously, when it, everything happened back in March and April, uh, there was, um, I'll say, an up to what we thought was a huge spike in cases and was really concerned about it. And then it seemed to level off in, uh, in May and really was relatively low in June and then ticked up a little bit in July and a little bit more in August and a little bit more in September. And then October, November, it really seemed to kick into higher gear. So I, I went through and kind of highlighted for city council during the meeting of how those numbers have changed over the, over the time. And through the month of October, or going up to October 14th, we had a total of 126 cases total from March through October 14th. Then the next month it went up by uh, another 116 cases over a four week period. Then the next four week period, which was that part uh, mainly in November, it went up by 365 cases during that time frame, up to 607 total. And then this last four-week period, it went up by 255 new cases since our last meeting. So we're up to 862 total cases of COVID in the 47006 zip code, uh, which is uh, helps get us closer to what the Batesville city limits is. The zip code actually includes about 11,700 people. The city of Batesville is about 6,800. So it's still larger. It's still a larger geographic area than the, the actual city, but it's the closest approximation to the virus, uh, or the closest in size to us. And so it gives us a better look at how we're doing in this area. Uh, there was a the biggest month was obviously November. It has come down a little bit since then. So I'm hopeful that there's that it will continue to get better. The challenges I shared with council is that obviously we just got got out. We're two weeks out from Christmas. We're a week out from New Year's or just over a week out from New Year's. And so uh, many people expected there to be a, a, a bump in numbers. And so I'm hope, hopeful that maybe that we'll get past this without a huge spike. And we can start, hopefully it will start calming down again and we'll get to a better spot long term. But it is still here and we still need to do the same things that we have all been doing for months 
And that's the things I talk about all the time about washing your hands and wearing a mask and keeping your six foot distance, staying home if you're feeling sick, even though we have good news coming and which is, uh, which I also talked about at length though, you know, the, the good news for, for all this is that the flu season has not been as bad so far this year. It has been relatively mild this year for flu, which is good news. We've also had some good news in the fact that the vaccine is available now and, there's, and the state is starting to get people vaccinated. The state recently expanded that to include those people over 80 years of age. And so a number of them have been have gotten signed up and have already started. Uh, some got their vaccines on Monday already. They've made good progress about getting healthcare workers vaccinated, hearing that they will be getting the long-term care people. Hopefully a lot of them will get vaccinated this week also. So there's, it, it's growing. And so it's starting to get a more, more people vaccinated. And so, and the goal is to, con- once they get the 80 year olds done, that they'll drop that down and pick up the next group of 70 year olds. And so hopefully we're making some progress and we'll start getting some people vaccinated and help alleviate some of the, I'll say, overcrowding at the hospital. And so that, that's another thing I shared with the uh, council on Monday night was that the hospital is still full, but the, it's, um, it isn't all COVID patients. And so it, it's a manageable situation what they have right now. And so we're hope, hopeful that the numbers will continue to de- decrease and that will give the hospital some breathing room and we can get all get through this together. So Unfortunately, I spend as much time at city council meetings talking about COVID as I do anything else, uh, but hopefully it's worthwhile information that people are, are using. And, and so I encourage everyone to continue to do your part to help us slow down the spread. Uh, we, we still have months to go to get everybody vaccinated. Uh, that's fairly obvious. And so we just have a ways to go. We just need everybody to st- stay together and get through this somehow. We're going to take a short break, and when we return, we'll continue speaking with Mayor Mike Bettis. And we're back. If you've just tuned in, we're speaking with Mayor Mike Bettis today here on Coffee with Kaufman. It's Coffee with the Mayor Day. You know, as you said, you you have spent a lot of time at city council meetings reviewing this information. But with that, COVID isn't the only thing that dominated the news in 2020 for the city of Batesville. It's actually quite a bit of stuff that, you know, the city has accomplished over the last year. So let's kind of take this time today to review and wrap up 2020 for the city of Batesville. Overall, I feel like uh, it was still a positive year uh, if you take away COVID, right? Yes. Yeah, (laughs) for the most part, we got a, a number of things done. Uh, the things that I'm pr- really happy about, and I hope the people of Batesville are happy about. Um, you know, the one that the probably the thing that we spent a lot of time on in the background, and a, a lot has been work been, and it's for a project that the city's been working on for close to 20 years. Is is that we have what we call a long-term water project, where we have bought a piece of land out in the middle of Franklin County, and have put in a pipeline so we can pipe water back to the city. Uh, and so a lot has taken place in, uh, a year ago at this point. Uh, there was absolutely no construction. I think we were in the bidding process and uh, we were ha- didn't have a shovel in the ground yet. So a year has passed. The pipeline or the well field out in middle of Franklin County has got three wells would put in. And so they're in and ready to go. We have the pipeline, a 16 miles of pipeline has been installed and it connects the well field now back to a new water plant that we built. We're built in the process of building here in town. And they still have some testing to do. 
And they also have to do some restoration work along the pipeline to get people's properties back to the way they're supposed to be. The new water plant here in town still has a number of little things that needs to get done, both inside and outside, but they have made great progress and that uh, has really come together quite nicely. Eric Laker, our water utility manager, has done a great job and we're very fortunate that this thing has gone so, you know, it's gone up to this point where we're actually ahead of schedule and we're under budget. And so things are really looking good. We're making progress and I feel really good about where we are. Yeah, definitely. I would say pat yourself on the back if you're involved with that project, because I think under budget and under the time period are two things you probably don't hear very often in government projects. Yeah. Well, I would say anytime you start digging into the ground and either building a road or doing some kind of pipe. Uh, pipe work underground. There are so many th- challenges that can come up that you had not planned for. And so far, uh, we've had great contractors and a uh, great engineer, and, and Eric's done a really good job. And so things have come together really nicely. And so hopeful that we will th- that will continue and we'll get be able to finish that here in the first half of this year and have that project ready to go. And so we can start then the process of making the transition from a reservoir system to a, a aquifer system or a groundwater or system, which is fed by an aquifer. So we'll have that done here, sh- hopefully in the first half of this year, and we'll make that transition. And people will, will not, hopefully will not notice a change outside of we will have a guaranteed water source for years to come. Yeah. And speaking of projects and digging, the city continues to um, take advantage of the community crossings matching grant program and repave several streets all along the community. Yes, and so in, in 2019 or in 2020, we probably finished another oh 160 thousand dollars worth of 180 thousand dollars worth of road paving throughout the community, and so um, we've gotten the first part of our community crossing is already done. We just got awarded a second round of community crossing, the second phase for the year 2020, which uh, will bring in a, an additional $860,000 from the state, from NDOT. Uh, we'll put in some matching dollars for that and we'll hopefully do another million dollars worth of, of, road, of roads around the city. Uh, and so we will have got, we are really have been lucky, uh, Tim Mazioski and our, and our and our engineers have done a really good job. We're working with NDOT and having a positive relationship, and we've been able to get some funding to do some of these things. And so it's uh, we, we have lots we'd like to do. We still have more things we'd like to accomplish, but we're, we've got the next set of uh, seven or eight roads and associated stormwater projects with them that we're looking to do uh, in early part of 2021. And we're in the process now of putting together another grant proposal uh so for the first phase of 2021 community crossings uh we because we we have already identified some other projects we'd like to get accomplished uh, that will help get some roads repaved but it will also help allow us to do some stormwater work that is always necessary and so um we've made really good progress with the roads Our, our our road system is in really good shape right now yeah and another thing for the community to cheer about is a quality of life aspect. And that is there's a brand new park that was added to the Batesville park system. That's right. And so we, uh, in the middle of the pandemic, we got (laughs) to uh, have a celebration to open 
uh, our what we call Freedom Park. We got to name it Freedom Park. Uh, there was a contest held for that, and the name was chosen. And we did that back uh, this summer. Uh, since we've also added a few things since the original construction was done. We added some swing set. We have now we now also have restrooms out there, uh, and so we uh, things have really come along. And that park is in really good shape. It. I don't think we have anything major on the list for that for the park for this year, uh, and so that's um, we are very thankful that uh, the folks from Margaret Mary Health um, made it possible for us by giving us a piece of land that we were able then to use as a match to get two hundred thousand dollars in grant money from the federal government to put that in, and so we've been able to put in a, an entire park uh, at very low cost to the city since most of it was covered by the by the grant and so we're very very lucky and so it's turned out really well my wife and i have gone out there several times to walk around and have, i'm always surprised at how many people are out there so it's getting used and so that's the best news of all that people have embraced it and are using it and since then uh, uh baseball tool and die has uh, has also extended their part or their trail to connect to it our trail was already connected to the Margaret Mary Health Trail. And so we now have some walking paths. Uh, you can walk through three different trails and, and get it, get some exercise and get outside. And so we encourage everybody to do so. And, and it, it's just worked out really well. It's a great partnership between all the parties involved. You know, one thing people might forget about um, what happened pre-COVID, I will say, is that the city got some amazing news that would help pretty much link up that park with old Batesville is what I would call it. And that is that the state is going to assist in a walking path that'll cross the interstate. That's right. And so this is a project that we started actually back in 2016. And so we had, uh, there was a, uh, the city had gotten a grant of about $30,000 to do a study about what it would take to have some sort of a path, some sort of a sidewalk, some sort of a trail to get us from, I'll say, um, Walnut Street of, by, down by the golf course and get us across 46, get us across 74, follow 229, and then work work our way out to where this new Freedom Park is. And so it's uh, we, we tried for a grant, oh gosh, I'll say two years ago, it was unsuccessful. So we uh, um, made some corrections, made some additions, had a lot of conversations with the folks from the from MnDOT, <clears throat> so they made some suggestions that we've uh, incorporated into the revision, and uh, we went back to them. Oh, I'll say middle of 2019, and we found out very early in 2020 then that uh, we were awarded the the grant. So that um, and it amounts to oh almost two million dollars coming from the state, uh, the city have, will put in about half a million dollars to uh, to do that, to get all that accomplished. Uh, and unfortunately, all that kind of took place in, in uh, January, February. And then when March came and COVID came, um, uh, we had to set set aside the excitement for a little bit and say, hey, we, we'll, we don't get funding for that till 2025. <laughs> and so that project did uh, get set aside slightly uh, it, it's still out there. We have that it, it's it's funded for 2025, and so we'll we'll pick we'll be doing more work on that this year and in the, the years coming. 
but it, it is a great addition to our trail system. And so now we literally have the opportunity for people to walk across the city of Batesville, east to west from one set of, uh, from the Hillendale subdivision all the way out to Lake of the Woods subdivision, east to west. And, and with this new trail, we'll be able to literally go from uh, Liberty Park Estates, uh, that area, which is south, the southern part of the, of the city, uh, go through town, uh, go across, go up Walnut Street and then connect and pick up this new trail and take us all the way out to the new Freedom Park, and which will take us through both Quail Meadows and through Arlington. And so we'll be able to connect people north to south. And so it it, it is the, it was the next big step in our uh, helping people to be able to get around to make the city of Batesville more walkable so people can get around. And so we're I'm very excited about that we got that funding. And Tim Tim Mazioski did a lot of work in the background to make that happen. I know he also got help from Mike Wells. And so it's it's something that I'm very excited about. Yeah, this is huge. This is what people say they want when they want to go and move to a community is more walkability um, for themselves and their family. So this is a big deal. And you kind of mentioned, you know, you're going to be doing a little bit of work this year on towards that project. And I would say that leads us to our to the future plans, which you kind of discussed during the council meeting. And that is work that would take place on Walnut Street. Yes. And so actually, uh, so the first half of this year, we still have a lot to do with the long-term water project. And so that's that'll happen. Um, and so the second half of the year, we're, we, we have a project that we are, we're going to undertake. And it's really in conjunction with a project that, that the state NDOT is looking at. And so NDOT came to us and said, hey, we want to repave uh, Highway 229 through town. And our utility guys got together and said, hey, we have some utilities that are under that road that were put in back in the 1930s that we would love to get in there and and replace and update. We have uh, what we call structures, which are part of the wastewater system. And some of those structures are some of the original structures that were put in in the city of Batesville. They're laid up in block. Uh, a couple of them are leaning slightly and are not in the best condition. And so at some point we were gonna have to go in there and, and, and take them out and replace them. And so we're gonna try our best to try to do a, a project where we do the uh, our stuff first, we're going to go in there, tear up the road, and do what we need to do to replace the wastewater system. We're going to replace our water system. We're also going to make small adjustments to the gas the the gas utility, and try to do all that work on Walnut Street in the second half of this year. Uh, close it up, get it back so people can use it during the winter, and then hopefully then in the spring of 2022. NDOT then will come back and completely repave it and get that road um, so it's looking nice and new again. And then we will have updated that road, updated utilities underneath it. Um, part of the NDOT project is to replace um, curb and gutter all along that stretch of road. Again, that goes from the golf course all the way out to Brum Woods. Uh, and so there, there are sections that they'll keep, but there's a lot of it they're going to replace. And so, it, unfortunately, it's going to be a nightmare for a while. And so there's going to be a time frame that we're going to have shut. We're going to have to shut down Walnut Street so people can do that work. And so we'll do our best to do it as quickly as possible and try to have alternate routes so people can get around. 
because uh, we still have people who need to get to work and need to get to stores. But uh, this is a great opportunity for us to do some utility work that has not been done for a long, long time, needs to get done. And hopefully we do it right and it will last for another 80 to 100 years. And uh, so we, we'll go through some short-term pain for some, hopefully some long-term gain. So we'll do our best. Yeah, absolutely. Again, it's an improvement and sometimes that does test our patience when we don't get to go the exact route we want, but it, it is for the best of the community for sure. Yeah, it, it'll, it'll, I'm sure there, there'll be, there are going to be days where people are going to be really unhappy with me. And, uh, and so I understand that. And so we'll do our best to, that we can to try to make it as painless as possible. There'll be days when it uh, won't be, but we'll, we'll give it our best. So I'm going to make one last, I'm going to make a plug if you'll allow me. Absolutely. Uh, we're still working out some of the details yet. Uh, but every year I do a state of the city address where, and Historically, I've done it at the Batesville Middle School Commons, and it's been an open forum for people to come and, and listen to me talk for an hour and a half. Um, every year I say I'm going to cut it down to an hour, and every year I lie, and it <laughs> ends up being an hour and a half. And so this year, obviously with COVID, I can't do it at the Batesville Middle School Commons and have a, a large crowd present for it. And so this year, we're going to do it here at the Memorial Building. It will. I think we're going to try to do some kind of a video or tape it and hopefully WRBI will, will broadcast it live at the same time. Absolutely. So we're going to try to get it out uh, and still do it. We just won't be able to have a crowd, uh, won't be able to have people in attendance that evening, a small group of people. Maybe my wife will uh, will put up with it, with me for an hour and a half. <laughs> but uh, so the goal is to do that uh, here uh, in, in February. And so I believe that date is February 16th. At, at 6 p.m. and so we will be, uh, as I as I told City Council the clock is ticking now for me to do my homework to get everything pulled together uh, by February 16th uh, it's one of those legal things um, it's one of the duties of a mayor is to make a presentation to council once a year on the financial situation of the city I take that opportunity then to talk about a lot of other things um, uh, so mainly I talk, I talk a lot about the financials, but I also talk about uh, some of the project stuff we, we want to get done. And then I also talk about some, I'll say, long-term wish list kind of things. You know, you know what should we be shooting for long-term? And, and so we'll talk a little bit about that also. Um, and so it, as I tell people, it will be an exciting night. Um, uh, somehow I'm afraid to listening to, to me go on for an hour and a half may not be, everyone may not see that as exciting, but it hopefully will be informative and people will, will, will listen in and uh, learn a little bit about what's going on in your community and hopefully you'll be happy with what you hear. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of information to hear and we will do our best to share all of that with the community as well. Well, thank you again, sir. And we appreciate your time with wrapping up the meetings and well, 2020, for us today. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for giving me this opportunity. And uh, hopefully people will be listening in uh, after our February city council meeting, then again, also for the state of the city address.